0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: This is MM and m Investments. Minus 4.5 on the road, I am all in against bad quarterbacks, and no name back of quarterbacks featuring Mutt and Merloni a well-rounded football
0: team I don't think they lose four games in a row I think right now it's about three and a half brought to you by Twin River Casino and Hotel check out the brand new sportsbook at Twin River Casino in Lincoln, Rhode Island now open here's Mike Muttnatsky and Lou Merloni
1: well they're going a mile and a half at Big Sandy the test of the champion yep, 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 yep it is Belmont Stakes weekend the final jewel of the Triple Crown, this, of course, M M&M and M Investments, the Horse Racing Edition, Triple Crown Edition. No Louie's back for football season. A, he'll drag him in the summer, to do some baseball betting with Lou here on this M and M Investments podcast. But today, it's about racing. These three-year-olds going a mile and a half for the first and likely only time in their careers. Uh, if you're listening on the website, we appreciate that. You Can also listen on iTunes. Uh, Spotify, all the places you get your podcasts. You can subscribe, leave a rating. It is a huge help for us and a huge help for you as racing fans so that people know where to find this thing so they can get their picks, either to fade my picks if they want to or go with my picks, your choice, heading into Belmont Stakes weekend. Uh, last year, we had Justify winning a Triple Crown. We had Gronkowski at a Monster Price running second. No Triple Crown this year, but there is a standout a horse, I think, what uh, something crazy would have to happen in the Belmont Stakes for him to lose this race uh, on Saturday. Won't be a price, but a major standout in this race. There are eight grade one races Saturday. There are two races Friday, four more Saturday, that make up a minimum 20-cent bet, pick six, two-day event, which is an awesome bet. Great job with the folks at Nyra putting this bet together. It is an awesome card. We are going to go through all eight grade one races on Saturday and the two races on Friday that make up this uh, pick six over the course of two days. You know and I know who I'm sitting with. Matt Bernier, who picked War Will in the Preakness. Dick Girardi, who picked War Will in the Preakness. Uh, those guys did a great job, and they both are on different horses for this Belmont Stakes on Saturday. If you missed it Wednesday, Jessica Baquette, Suffolk down, sat down. We talked all things racing. If you're a racing fan, Suffolk fan, Belmont Stakes fan, you're going to want to listen. Check that out. Uh, it's the earlier edition, I guess yesterday, of the m M&M m Investment Podcast. If you can't make it to Uh, Twin River this weekend, Suffolk Downs, live racing. Good job there. I will be with Matt Bernier at Mohegan Sun doing their Great Belmont Stakes event. It is a free event. We have a lot of listeners come down uh, for all these Triple Crown events at Mohegan Sun. We love being there. It is an awesome place uh, to be for races like this. The race book is great. Uh, As you might expect, uh, they do a great job. Zach and his crew are awesome there. It's free. We'll be there at Mohegan Saturday beginning about 1 o'clock or so. We'll see you down there in the ballroom. I'll have stuff uh, during the day on both Instagram and Twitter at MuttWEI's. Things happen, updates, news, videos. Try to entertain and inform. Am I win- winning? Hopefully. Am I losing? Potentially. You'll want to see both. We got Matt Bernier with his picks. We got Dick's picks, uh, as always, here on the Triple Crown podcast. It is Belmont weekend. It is a Breeders' Cup in June, folks. Okay, got the Breeders' Cup in November. Best race card of the year. The second best card of the year, better than Derby Day. Better than Travers Day, it is Saturday. If you got a pulse, if you like horse racing, if you consider yourself a handicapper, you are betting. You've saved up bankroll. You've scrounged. you saved. This is the day to send it in. There are great races all day. There are great races on Friday. You can bet every which way. Pick threes, pick fours, doubles, tries, super, whatever you want. This is the weekend. You call yourself a horse player and not firing this weekend. You can't call yourself one anymore. That's how big this weekend is. That's how big the races are Friday and Saturday. Belmont Stakes, Breeders' Cup in June. Let's handicap the races. Matt Bernier, Dick Girardi here on MM Investments. No triple crown on the line. That does not take away from what is a tremendous, tremendous wagering card on Saturday at Belmont Park. I will be at Mohegan Sun with my guy, Matt Bernier. Of the be Daily Racing Form, formulator, video.drf.com. He'll be there. Uh, your job is to give out uh, all the winners on Saturday, Matt, at Mohegan. I'm just going to sit there and... Uh, try to look pretty for a couple hours.
0: Don't put that on me already. We haven't gotten down there yet. you are already kind of ramping up the pressure. I kind of look at it and say, we're going to go down there, hopefully give out some some good information. Uh, we talk about it with the, the previews that we do over on video.drf.com. Sure, the pick is important, but if we can help you sort of find something that maybe you hadn't seen or you overlooked going into when you were doing your handicapping and maybe it can turn you on to something, that to me is more important than me necessarily giving a pick. But at the same time, we do obviously want to pick winners.
1: Yeah, these guys mock me for it, but I like to call it being an informed loser. I might lose on Saturday, but I'm not <laughs> Matt, I'm not going into it under handicap, and that's what this podcast is about. We'll talk to Dick Girardi coming up, get his take. We're gonna go through uh, all eight grade one races here between myself and Dick and Matt, uh, and eventually we'll get to a couple races from Friday as well because Belmont has a great bet, I think, Friday, Saturday this two-day 20-cent pick six, which we'll get to. And if you can't make it to uh, Suffolk Downs this weekend for live racing, can't make it to Twin River in Rhode Island, if you're in the Connecticut area, come by Mohegan Sun, free event, Belmont Day in the ball or myself and Bernie. It's only us two, so the two most handsome, youngest handicappers in the country uh, making picks all day long. Meanwhile, we're going to try to build on the success that you had, not me, but you, uh, with the Preakness. You liked War of Will. Hell, you said before the Derby, War of Will was your Preakness horse. You were right, and not surprising, you were right. The fact he paid $14 floored me. Looking back on it now, at that price, he was playable. Great call. When the podcast wins, Matt, we all win. Good job on the Preakness.
0: I was stunned with the price, and I have to be honest, it actually kind of scared me off a little bit when I saw how chilly he was early on because I know, I know there's a ton of money in these pools and things can change here and there, but usually when a horse that I think has a pretty good chance ends up being so far off what my estimation was their, their actual sort of probability of winning. I, I you know, I'll admit, I, usually that means that I've missed something or I've, I've either overrated the horse or whatever it may be. But, you know, it's one of those things where sometimes it just happens to work out and look, the trip was ideal for him. Don't get me wrong. I, I think he had the, the best situation possible sitting in that pocket, being able to shoot up the inside. Um, I do think the pendulum may have swung a little bit too far the other way with people saying that it was, the absolute sort of dream trip of all dream trips, because I thought he was pretty close to a hot pace. I thought he did a fair amount of running in that break.
1: Do you think the rail was as good as uh, the final results would indicate? When you go back and look through the charts uh, from that day, a lot of horses, Matt, either one up the rail, or they made late runs up the rail to get a part of it that maybe looked out of it. And I would include Everfast, uh, who looked hopeless, hopeless on paper, getting up the rail for second in that race.
0: I don't have an explanation forever fast. I mean, anyone that liked that horse, I would be very, very curious to know what you liked about him. 20, going into Matt, that because Matt,
1: Matt, 29 to 1 was uh, yeah, probably half of what he should have been.
0: If you settled on 29 to 1, you probably are doing this thing the wrong way because he should have been at least twice that price, in my opinion, leading into it. Um, so maybe that does add fuel to that fire of perhaps the inside is where you want it to be. I'm of the opinion that from a bias standpoint, it needs to be so just insanely obvious. For me to buy into it, because I just think that some people, it ends up being a little bit of a crutch. Well, oh, yeah. well, you know, the inside or the outside or speed, whatever it may be. It needs to be either a conveyor belt or an absolute gold rail for me to fully buy in. And my logic always has been with this, the people that just immediately gravitate toward, oh, well, the inside's where you want to be, the rail was good. Well, guess what? The shortest way around the track is on the rail. So yeah. it, generally, that's going to end up being a bit of an advantage. Maybe it helped him, but at the same time, I think he, I think War of Will ran a big race that day. Uh, and I see no reason why he shouldn't run a big one on
1: Saturday. Oh, he's one of 10 entered on Saturday uh, in the Belmont Stakes, come up as race 11 as part of an awesome card uh, there in Elmont, New York. I thought we'd get more than 10. I thought for sure, given the lack of standout talent in this three year old group, that everyone would line up. They didn't. We get 10, and we have two legit front end standout win contenders. One of them is your horse, the number nine, War Willie's back in. I give him credit for running. In all three Triple Crown races, he'll be the only horse that does that. Is it as simple for you, Matt, that a two-to-one war of will uh, is the horse you'll go back to on top here in this Belmont Stakes?
0: Yeah, I'm going to pick him again. Uh, I think a lot of it for me, I I agree, I think it's a two-horse race. Uh, I would be pretty surprised if someone else were to jump up and be able to topple both of the top two. Uh, But for me, it really just boiled down to trip and the way that this race projects to be run, where you assume Jovia from the inside is going to go, I think Tyler gaffa is going to have every opportunity to sit just off that horse, get first run, and and just kind of take advantage of that position, that nice tactical speed that he has. It feels like, you know, we all talked about those trips that he had down in Louisiana for all those stakes races. Well, while he's out in the clear, it's a perfect trip, perfect trip. I mean, to me, that's exactly what he's going to get here in this spot. The question now boils down to, with the horse like Tacitus, do you think there's going to be a situation where he can lay close enough to the pace, because again, we've talked about it, it helps to be forwardly placed in the Belmont as opposed to coming from way out of it. If he can be close enough, is it just a matter of he's a better horse than War of Will on Saturday? I, I'm totally open to that being a possibility, but I'm going to give War of Will the credit and say, you know what, I think the trip could potentially be the difference. He's a
1: legit win contender, and if you were if you're doing the win contender exercise, I'm with you. There are only two. It's War of Will, who's 2-1, to one, and it's the morning line favorite, Tacitus, who is nine to 9-5. He's the horse I'll end up in this race, and he feels like... Yeah, if War of Will wasn't in here, I, I'd say you know, standout capital S. Uh, and maybe even with War of Will here, he's still a standout, Matt. He is bred for this distance. He debuted at a mile and a 16th last October. They knew they had a distance horse on their hands. Uh, he was working out with Hidden Scroll all winter long, who was a very talented horse who will at some point put it together and live up to the hype. Uh, he is out of close hatches, who we know what she was able to do. And he is now training better than he was. Uh, earlier in the, the winter where he was getting beat by Hidden Scroll every day. And I, I'm, maybe it's it's one or the other. And if you, I, I respect War of Will, but this just feels like, not a handicapping angle, but it feels like this race sets up perfectly for the number 10 Tacitus. Even at nine to five, I think he's by far the most likely winner.
0: I'll fully admit, coming into it, I expected to pick Tacitus just for all the reasons you laid out, the pedigree, the connections, the way that he has continued to improve. Uh, and then it just feels like I think there's a real chance that Tacitus ends up being—I a, a, don't want to say a, a heavy favorite—but it feels like there's a chance that he can end up being six to five to War of Will's two to one or five to two. And I don't think there is that much of a difference between the two of them. And like I alluded to, I feel like War of Will is going to be the one that gets the jump on Tacitus. To me, it's going to be up to Jose Ortiz. I'd imagine he's going to tuck in just behind War of Will, and when War of Will goes, Tacitus goes, and you just hope that you're a better horse on Saturday. But. That is that's one of the only things that I'm a little bit unsure of what we're going to get from Tacitus because he has come from way out of it. And I understand the paces have been hot in those races, uh, but he does need to be a little bit more into the run early for me to really be in love with
1: him. Well, you mentioned Jovia, 30-1 uh, to 1 down on the rail. Gregory Sacco's horse only has one way to go. That horse is going to the front. I think that spinoff is probably going to show more speed than he showed in the derby. Didn't like the wet track there. I think intrepid for Todd Pletcher, may be part of the early pace there, and obviously war of will. I think there's enough speed, Matt, maybe you disagree, where Tacitus can sit off and make that one run. I don't think it's going to be a slowly run Belmont on Saturday.
0: You no, know, it may not be a slowly run Belmont, but what we've seen through, through the past handful of years, more often than not, you're looking at a half mile in the 48 and change range. You know, it, it, Very unlikely you're going to get a half mile in 47 and a piece, just because the way this race is run, it's so long. You got to save something for the end of it. You go out there, you throw down a 47 or a 46 and change. You have no chance of seeing out the distance. Um, I, I think it's going to be a little bit more of a bunched up field than than maybe what we've seen in the first two legs of the Triple Crown, where you have had those fast paces early on, and it's been a little bit more strung out. Uh, it's part of the reason that the Belmont is my favorite of the Triple Crown races, bar none, because I think there's a lot more strategy involved in it. Obviously, you need to be able to see out the distance, but I think there are some more decisions that need to be made by the jockeys as opposed to the just complete crap shooting the derby and then the preteness usually quality prevails.
1: Well, Tyler Gaffalione who's going to have the run on War of Will is not going to have much time to get used to the Belmont uh, main track. He's going to be riding at Churchill uh Thursday and Friday. He will have a couple amounts it looks like Saturday during the day, but uh he is not as experienced as say Jose Ortiz would be on Tacitus, so maybe something else that might lead you in that direction. Meanwhile, after that, I I you know, I I could I I will make a case for a price or two. I'll be floored, and I will lose any sort of sequential bets, uh, at least on the eight tickets, if anyone else wins. And that'll include Master Fencer, who's going to get a lot of buzz, Matt. He rode the rail up to a seventh-place finish uh, in the Kentucky Derby, had buzz. We know Lonnie, the Japanese horse, a couple of years ago ran in all three races and got better as the races went on. I am against Master Fencer. If he wins, if he's on the ticket somewhere, uh, I'm going to lose. What do you think about the closer in the Derby, the three-horse at 8-1? to one?
0: Yeah, agreed. No interest whatsoever in him. Uh, it's a situation where I didn't like him leading into the week. Then you hear he has a little bit of a, a hiccup during his workout, uh, a little bit of inflammation in his, one of his ankles or foot, whatever the case may be. He's going to be fine. They're going to run. But, um, you know, to, to me, this is just kind of the soccer horse that you see coming out of a race like the Derby, where they go and they're passing tired horses. And everyone just assumes that they're oh, they're going to love a mile and a half. Look, it's possible. It's a horse race. Anything can happen, but um, I think 8-1 to one is a, a criminally low price on this horse. I would need at least three times to even consider using
1: him. He, he's going to help the takeout. Uh, I, I feel similarly about Tax, the four-horse who showed ability, but uh, he, there really was no excuse of it. Maybe he didn't like the wet surface. Uh, he's bred to like it, didn't like the wet surface for Tax. He feels like a horse, mad. I, I want to see a cutback, and I want to see him get a breather before maybe August somewhere in Saratoga.
0: Yeah, I can understand that logic and that way of looking at him. I picked him fourth just because I think he's a little bit more of an honest horse than, than people make him out to be. I Look, I don't have an excuse for the Derby. He just didn't run that day for whatever reason. Maybe it was the wet track, whatever the situation may be. I feel like he has the running style, though, that could potentially be conducive to a a, a fair effort in, in the Belmont. I don't know that he's a win contender. I'm not going to be using him on top. But I did pick him fourth because I feel like if he can, he can just get into that sort of grindy, gallopy sort of gait that he has, uh, and run something close to the wood, or even that withers three stars back. I think that's at least at least puts him in the ballpark for maybe getting a piece of this
1: thing. Uh you know the the, the horse that has a running style to get a piece of this thing. It's the seven Sir Winston, who I'm going to use as my key in the exacts. This horse galloped out like a monster at Tampa behind Tacitus. He came home in thirty uh, and four six seconds. The the only horse ran faster that final uh, fraction was Tacitus that day. He was flying in the Peter Pan. Mark Cassie not going to have this horse up front. War of Wills, the speed, this is his closer. They're going to ride this horse to try to just hit the board. Uh, and he's got a monster closing number. If you look at the, the the time form closing numbers, his 120, that's a turf late pace number, Matt. I love Sir Winston, the seven horse, to get up into the exacta, certainly in the trifecta. Talk me off using him as my key in the exotics at 12 to 1.
0: No, I, I won't because I think you're onto something as far as, look, the running style I don't think is, makes him a prime contender to win this race, but I definitely think he can get a piece of this thing. Um, I'd be lying if I said I was totally confident that dirt is what the surface that he's going to eventually excel on and, and eventually will be his home. Uh, his dam did most of her best work on synthetic. You see his synthetic record. He's two for three, and he's never been out of the money, and three starts on synth. He's go for five with only one in the money finish on the main track. That happened to that Peter Pan. But from a running style standpoint, and if you are going to chalk out in this race, you got to find some value somewhere if you're playing tries or supers. A horse like Sir Winston could do that underneath.
1: All right, so who do you want to use for value? Is it Bourbon War getting the blinkers off? Is it uh, Spinoff who had the wet track excuse in the Derby after a good race at Louisiana back in March? Or is it Intrepid Heart, Commissioner's little brother, Commissioner who uh, finished second in this race to Tonalist uh, in a race where I loved Commissioner Matt but did not box the exacto with Tonalist that day? You like Tonalist. Uh, I know that uh, Bob Newmeyer did and I missed out on a huge score because I'm an idiot. Which one of those horses do you <laughs> want to use as your price horse then with War of Will and Tacitus?
0: I pick Bourbon War in third, uh, mainly because I still believe in this horse. I, I think Mark Henning does a good job. I think this horse has ability. Uh, the Blinkers experiment clearly with a disaster in the Preakness. Those come right off here for this race. Uh, second off, the bench, I think he's going to take a step forward. I feel like a broken record. I said it for the Preakness. I'm going to say it here. If it's not Saturday, I think he could end up being a Saratoga type that Maybe he just needs a little bit more seasoning, a little bit more racing, some more experience, uh, and eventually you'll see him take that step forward. I still think there's talent here, um, and again, if it's not Saturday, I think maybe we'll see it over the summer. Bourbon War for me in third.
1: Yeah, I'll be using underneath for sure. Uh, Mark Henning does not run a lot of horses with blinkers. He takes them off, and you know, he's a small sample size, one for three, so I won't look at that. I, I will look at... Uh, what he did down in Florida. Now looking back at running fourth, the Maximum Security and Code of Honor. That was a, a pretty good company. He kept kept in second to Code of Honor. Uh, if the blinkers were the issue, he has the right to be right there in the mix. I will be using uh, throughout of the Todd Pletcher horses. Spin off the six, Intrepid Heart, the eight. Do you prefer one of the two, Matt? One is fifteen to one, the six, and Intrepid Heart ten to one. A lower price than uh, I expected in this race.
0: Pure talent. I think Spin Off is more talented than yeah. Intrepid Heart. I think Intrepid Heart from a pedigree standpoint, for the reasons that you laid out, it fits this race a little bit better than Spinoff does. There's a part of me that believes Spinoff will do his best work, maybe at shorter distances when it's all said and done. Uh, But I think of the talent-wise, I think Spinoff is more talented than Intrepid Heart. For this race, I think Intrepid Heart fits it better.
1: All right, so are you 9, 10, 5, 4? Do I have that right in the Belmont?
0: 9, 10, 5, 4 for exotics. Really, uh, multis, I'd only be using the 9 and the 10. And individual, as far as tries or supers, Frankly, I don't even know if it's worth me playing because I, I just think it's chalk on top, and I think everybody's gonna be using
1: them. Yeah, I'm gonna be you know ten seven nine three, just try to get a price there in the exact. I think Sir Winston can get a shot. I, I, I mean, yeah. How how do you expect? It's a busy. It's a it's a huge card. A million different chances to wager. What is gonna be the role of the Belmont Stakes in your betting uh, menu on Saturday,
0: Matt? The more I look at it, you take a look at the multi race sequences. Um, I, I feel like that's how this thing is going to end up shaking down for me, where I'd like to just be alive with those two horses, with War of Will, with Tacitus. Uh, If I really wanted to get aggressive, and we'll see how the rest of the sequence plays out when I put some tickets together with Ticketmaker, uh, maybe I'll use War of Will as an A and Tacitus as a B just to try to hammer my real opinion home. But at the same time, uh, I I think you're splitting hairs if you try to to separate the two of them.
1: All right, let's go back one race. Want to look at all these races with both Matt and uh, Dick Girardi, who will join us in a couple of minutes uh, that's the that's the Belmont that comes up race 11. Race 10 uh, will be the Manhattan, the grade one. This figures to be, I think, uh, my biggest lock of the day. It's not going to be the most money, I bet, but uh, Bricks and Mortar, the eight horse, is the best turf horse in the United States. Uh, ran an awesome race at Churchill Downs Derby weekend. Uh, and they're just not, to me, it, it's, it's the Chad Brown Invitational. Uh, he's the best horse here, Matt, and he is a, a standout and will be a single for a lot of people, I think, the number eight horse, Bricks and Mortar, in whatever multi race wages you're playing this weekend,
0: yeah, I'm with you as far as the the Chad Brown Invitational. This might be an instance where I don't know that the win price is going to be tremendous on him, but I'm I love Robert Bruce. Yeah. Um, I look at this horse and I think he's the epitome of a dirtied up racehorse when you take a look at his PPS because he he can't stand up on on firm on less than firm turf, and it seems like you're going to get firm turf on Saturday afternoon. Oh yeah, go through his last three races. The Fort Marcy, soft. He, he Look, he was relatively close to a hot pace. First start since the Breeders' Cup. Got tired, but more importantly, his action. He just doesn't move well on, on turf that has a little bit of give in it. Go to the Breeders' Cup. We obviously know it's listed as good. It was a heck of a lot worse than it good. It was not. It was um, not. Lot, lot. It was just it was a complete bog down there. And then that turf classic three starts back. He actually didn't run terribly, but again, for a horse that doesn't like Really, that kind of given the ground, I thought I, I, he ran quite well. You go to those three firm turf races at the beginning of his 2018 campaign, I think any one of those is right there with bricks and mortar, and you're going to get a much better price. I like Robert Bruce. Uh,
1: I, you, if you, you want to play around with those two horses, you know, Raging Bull putting the blinkers back on has been a big move for Chad. That's a horse that has always shown ability, uh, and even Olympico. I mean, there are four Chad Brown horses in here. Uh, you know, I, I think it's not going to surprise me, even a race this good. We've seen this in big races before. If Chad hits the try himself, would you be surprised, Matt? No, I wouldn't
0: be surprised if uh, Chad consisted uh, made up the Superfecta, To be honest, I mean he's got he's got four charges in here that all seem to fit in relatively well. Raging Bull, I'm getting a little bit kind of tired of his antics. Maybe the blinkers will wake him up a little bit, but I just don't know that he's improved. Olympico might be the wild card of the entire group because might it, be a freak. Uh, it, he was tremendous in that race in the Fort Marcy. Now maybe you want to say that the soft turf worked to his advantage and against a horse like Robert Bruce, but. That was first time Lasix, and he never looked like a loser at any point. So, um,
1: Olympico, I think, could be a, a bit of an intriguing candidate. But yeah, I, I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he finished one, two, three, four. Kierbon's the one non Chad that I think has an opportunity to uh, run in the top three. And congratulations, just turned on to a racing podcast where you had people tell you Chad Brown uh, might win a <laughs> turf race. Congratulations. The race before that, race number nine, is the Met Mile. And uh, it, may, it is the race of the day. The Belmont stakes the headline, but from a handicapping standpoint, this is the race. There are five or six legit win contenders, uh, and some really talented horses stretching out, cutting back. What do you want to do here in the Met Max? I will tell you, as we're recording this Thursday morning, I, I am I'm nowhere near locked into what I want to do in this race yet.
0: Now, realistically, I think seven horses can win. That, that says something. When there's only nine of them running in this, might be the best race you see all year, including the Breeders' Cup. Um, I understand the, the logic for McKinsey and for Coalfront and a horse like Matoli, Thundersnow, I think this is going to be a little bit sharp for him, but I think going forward he's going to be a serious horse here. Uh, I, I can't get past forensic fire. Uh, I, I, just, I think this mile distance to me is much better for him than shorter. And in the run happy, I thought he was phenomenal. Awesome. Rallied off of a slow pace. Keep in mind, he broke on top. He's just that kind of nice, handy horse where Errat Ortiz could do whatever he wants with him. I think he's going to break alertly. I think those speeds are going to go again. This mile to me fits very, very well for him. He's a perfect three for three at Belmont Park. I fear he's a little bit of the wise guy horse. If there is a wise guy horse in a race as competitive as this, but uh, to me, Forenze Fire, I, I like everything about him here.
1: I like him. And then you mentioned the two that the favorites on the morning line. I, I look forward to see how the betting goes in this race because. Uh, you know, you can make a case for three or four of these, maybe potentially being the favorite. Matoli impressed the hell out of me, Matt, on Derby Day because he had been a horse that had to go to the front. Right, you look back at the the Count Fleet, you look at the Chick Lang. He had to go to the front in these races. He sat off speed, showed a new gear, and didn't he didn't lose anything. He still had the same explosion. In the lane, it is asking a lot, but Asmussen last year, uh, with I believe it was uh, Jersey Town, won this race. He's gotten horses ready for this race. I know he's 3-1, to one, one of the favorites. He might just be a freak. I'll be using him. Uh, I'll be using McKenzie. I'll be using your horse, forense Fire. I won't be using Thunder Snow. I'm with you. He's getting a lot of pub that he's worked out really well. This feels like a lot to come back from Dubai and win a World Cup and then wheel back and win them at mile. If he does it, I'll be impressed. But at four, five to one, he, if I had to take a stand against somebody, he'd be the horse I'm going to take a stand against in this race. I
0: love Thunder Snow as a racehorse. I think he's one of the more underrated, and I even uh, made mention. I think he's a little bit disrespected for what he's accomplished. It feels like people just gloss over him and say, "Oh yeah, no, he's Thunder Snow," and they just remember his antics in the Kentucky Derby a few years back. Uh, to me, this is. and It sounds silly because it's a Grade One and it's the Met. It's a prestigious race. I think this is a prep. I think this is a race to get him ready for wow. Saratoga, whether it's the Whitney or the Woodward at the end, and then that fall campaign leading into the Breeders' Cup. I don't love him Saturday, but I, I do quite like him going forward. All
1: right, well, let's go to race six, the Jiper. It's turf sprints. I think my record in turf sprints speaks for itself. It sucks. Uh, what do you want to do here in a race where World of Trouble on paper is a standout, maybe the fastest horse in the country, and maybe, maybe, as I said to Jessica Pocket yesterday, a better dirt horse than turf horse, but keeps showing up in these big grade ones and will probably win another grade one on Saturday.
0: I'm with you in turf sprints. Hate them. Can't stand them. Uh, if they never ran another one. <laughs> Wouldn't be any problem for me, but I do look at this race and I say, you know, World of Trouble can win on the lead. He can win just off of it. That turf sprint most recently. Say what you will about the quality of the field. Maybe it was a little bit subpar. It was basically a glorified workout for him. Um, I, I just I don't see any real knock against World of Trouble. I, I think he fits in here beautifully. If I really wanted to get creative and try to beat him, and I, I can't even say it's creative because she's not a giant price, but. The Philly drawn just to the inside. Belvoir Bay for Peter Miller. She just runs her eyeballs out. Doesn't matter if it's boys, girls, uh, straightaway, one turn, whatever the case may be. She just shows up and runs. Um, I guess if I really was was intent on playing this race, maybe it would be a cold eight seven exacta. But I, I frankly I don't have much interest in trying to beat World Trouble. Yeah, the,
1: hor- the horse I'll mention. Jess Paquette mentioned yesterday on the podcast was uh, undrafted. Who's a fan favorite? Wes Welker, one of the owners there. Obviously, Wes, an all-time patriot. Uh, maybe a nice prep on, uh, Oaks day was plus 10, not a crazy wide number, uh, from track but he was a little wide that day came running, might've been a setup. And, uh, West Ward has been great in his career. Second off the layoff over 20% gets Kyler Gaff Leone, who has uh, had good success on this horse. So I I, I'm with you. I'm not going to have a lot of money invested here, uh, in the, uh, vertical wagers, but certainly undrafted one I want to use with World of Trouble. Meanwhile, the fourth race starts the grade ones. It's the just a game, the Gold mile on the turf. And I want to point out, uh, I heard Andy Serling mention this, and he's right, he's not the only one. You're going to see a turf label in here, and Churchill is firm. Some of these horses, Capital Tem- Daddy is Legend, they ran that Distaff Turf Mile on uh, Derby Day at Churchill. It was not firm. I'm not sure why it's listed as firm. That was a wet turf course. So if you're looking for horses that, oh, he ran well on firm last time at Churchill, That was not firm, Matt. This is a fun race to adjust the game in the fourth. What do you want to do going a mile on the turf to start the real stakes company on Saturday?
0: You know, I usually like to try to give out some sort of a price, and to to this point, I haven't given you any kind of price. It's been a lot of chalk. Um, This race, I respect rushing fall. She can obviously win. She's probably one subpar Javier right away from being a perfect 8 for 8. I just think she makes plenty of sense in here. I really like Daddy as a legend. I think she's very talented. I'm trying to get a little bit cute with Kapla Temptress, though. I'm going to pick her right on top, the number five. Um, First start off of a lengthy layoff in that distaff turf mile, and the interesting thing was uh, you brought it up. It was over good turf, and and I would say even may have been potentially boggier than that, but she made a very, very premature backstretch move down on the inside. and time form, U.S., at those fractions, the interior splits, all very red, and and meaning that they were fast. Um, And, sure, she faded at the end of it, but I'm kind of looking at it saying, she made a big early move. She paid the price, first start off the bench. It's a confident move for Mott to bring her back here, knowing who she would end up running against. Uh, and she has races on her page, admittedly not a ton of them, but she has races that at least put her in, in the mix of things and at a big, big price. I want to give ta- a capital temptress a look in here.
1: And I would also not ignore environs. who's another other Chad Brown, 8-1 to 1 on the morning line, took a lot of money that day, was maybe the buzz horse of the group uh, heading into that distaff turf mile. Uh, did not break well, maybe did not like the wet turf. There's some reports that they brought her over here to get away from soft turf. She had firm ground at Keeneland back in April, and she won that one going away. Uh, I'm not going to be surprised if Environs, the other Chad Brown here, the six-horse at 8-1, to one, makes a really big run, and maybe even upsets rushing fall uh, in this race. Rushing fall is going to carry 123 pounds, Environs 113, so a little bit of a weight break, so I'm going to take the other Chad on top and try to get a little bit of a price against a very talented horse rushing fall. One more, map before we get you out of here. We're going to turn the page to Friday because they have a great uh, bet, at least in my mind, set up. A 20-cent pick six, a 20-cent minimum pick six. Going to have two races on Friday, four races on Saturday. The first of this whole thing is going to start Friday afternoon at 442. It is the grade two uh, True North Stakes. They're sprinting, going six and a half furlongs. Kind of a weird distance here. And I don't have a lot of confidence, but I do like a price in here. It is the same price that you like, having watched a, your video at DRF.com. Give me, give the people out there the push on Do Share in this true north, man.
0: I love Do Share in here. Really, the key for him is going to be the pace situation. I'm hopeful that there's something for him to run at. But uh, the Churchill Downs race most recently, you know, the top three finishers, Matoli, Bobby's Wicked One, Promises Fulfilled, they, they essentially went one, two, three all the way around the track. And the only horse that made up any sort of significant ground from the back was Doucher. Now, Doucher, keep in mind, that was his first start off uh, about a two-month layoff, and this is a very similar pattern to what we saw in his last form cycle, where he came back into General George, he came with a nice late bid in a race where the pace, for the most part, did hold up. Then he comes back in the Tom Fool, and I know it was a, a much softer group, but my goodness, he, he absolutely crushed. buried that field. Crushed, yeah. He goes off and wins by more than six lengths. At five to one, I made him five to one when I did the video. I thought I had seen 15 to one morning line, which I said was crazy. Um, he's five to one morning line. I think five to one is the right price on this horse. Uh, again, he needs a little bit of pace, but boy, I, I just think Doucher, every, I think he takes all the boxes.
1: Yeah, I, I. the only thing I'll mention that you didn't mention that you can see, it, the, the, the comment line is actually true. It says bumped at the start. He was definitely bumped, and they ran around the track at one, two, three, one, two, three. The other price, I, I get Catalina Cruiser will be a legitimate favorite. I don't know what happened in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. I can't get really invested in a horse that was that bad last time out. Off the layoff for John Sadler, who should be pointed out, is not great outside California, so he's shipping in the favorite for this race. Uh, do not just do not lean on Catalina Cruiser to start the pick six, and I, I will only use as a C and use in trifectas. But do also, do not if you're playing tries. Bone Raisin, the one horse is thirty to one. This horse has a legit shot to hit the try. This is a horse that. It feels like last time out for Carlos Martin was a means to an end. They wanted to stretch him out to cut back. I love cutbacks. I felt like there's a setup. I thought watching him race in that run happy. Uh, I had made a note at that time, closing sprinter that could win a big race this summer. Maybe it's this race. Maybe not winning, but a 30-1 to 1 can certainly juice up the exotics. I would not ignore Bone Raison at 30-1 to 1 if you are playing any sort of... Uh, uh, exotic, superfectus, trifectus, whatever, I'm going to be using. Because he's a closer in a race where, as Matt said, there is plenty of speed. Uh, you'll be with me and Mohegan Sun on Saturday. What kind of video work can people get at DRF.com the next couple of days leading into this race, Matt?
2: I'll have
0: my preview podcast. I'm going to record that this afternoon. Also record Out at the Gate, which is going to have a number of stakes previews involved. We'll have some replays as well. Uh, and then tomorrow, I have to go over some lovely racing from Woodbine before we dive oh, into nice. excellent. Oh yeah, you know still, the, the work still goes on. So as much as I'd be like to, to dive right into Belmont, we still got to take care of the business. But uh, we'll have all that sort of stuff over on video.drf.com as well as the Racing Forms
1: YouTube channel. And then i will be down to Connecticut to uh, have some fun this weekend. You gave you War Will in the Preakness. We'll try to bounce. Back. I'll try to bounce back. He'll try to continue it here. Uh, Belmont weekend, great card, great analysis. Matt, we'll see you Saturday in Connecticut. You got it, buddy. Well, from one guest who gave you the uh, Preakness winner to another, Dick Girardi is joining us. And, of course, you know Dick Girardi, a a longtime guest of this podcast. Uh, He's the award-winning writer, and he's brought to us courtesy once again of ExpressBet. You can go to ExpressBet.com for a free Belmont Stakes wagering guide and wager on the races there at ExpressBet.com when you cannot get to the track, whether it's Suffolk Downs this weekend for live racing or Mohegan or Twin River, can't get there you can do it certainly on expressbet.com and if you do go there when you look at dick's picks you will realize once again again. he gave you the preakness winner on this podcast dick war will got it done 14 dollars. congratulations thank you
2: sir i was astonished by the price mike i wasn't even prepared to bet on him i thought he'd be five to two or three to one he came on the board friday at like eight and held steady at six on saturday so I did go to the windows, and then I went back after the race. It was all good.
1: Uh, you've been uh, an amazing streak here going back over the years at looking at these races, and you, you've done a good job, even at Logical Horses, making a good case. And it feels like, Dick, for this Belmont Stakes, there are two Logical win contenders. If you're a handicapper who's going to go with the uh, Logical on the paper, you're going to pick War Will, or you're going to pick Tacitus, the two standout win contenders. My guess is you are on one of these two horses for the race on Saturday.
2: That is correct. Uh, I am on Tacitus. Uh, Look, I loved how uh, War of Will was coming into the Preakness. I thought it set up perfect for him. He obviously got a dream trip. Great ride, Tyler Gaffley. Wonderful training job, Mark Cassie. I actually thought he should have won by more, uh, given that he was on the rail, it was live, uh, and the fact that he only beat Everfast by a length and a quarter look, I I was thrilled that I had the right horse and I cast a bet, but I I wasn't all that dazzled by war of will. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to beat him in the Belmont. Tacitus was not a horse. I liked going into the Derby and he outperformed what I thought he would do. And then watching the replay, I thought he hated the slop. I thought he was really trapped for almost a mile. And then when the final quarter mile, I thought he gave a great run and he was huge on the gallop out. We all know he's by Tapit, three of the last five Belmont winners. Bill Mott and Ace at winning these kind of races. The five weeks, which has been one of the keys in years we haven't had a Triple Crown winner to win the Belmont. Everything is just to me screaming Tacitus is going to win the
1: Belmont. Yeah, we, we, we land on the same horse this time, and we're not giving you a huge price series. Nine to five in the morning line. I think he'll probably be the favorite. Matt Berniger thinks he could be as short as six to five. There are just so many things going in his favor, and. I think, Dick, we've seen over the years these three-year-olds mature. This is an immature horse who didn't like working out, uh, according to Mike Welch and your colleagues at the Racing Form earlier this winter. And now this week, it's, they're glowing reports. It's like he has sort of grown up in a way, and he's grown up, and they, they debuted him as a two-year-old at a mile and a sixteenth. They knew this is what he wanted to do. I mean, it's, it's Captain Obvious, but you're right. He's a standout. And I think when you look at the pace, you're a pace guy like I am. It feels like there'll be enough speed early on he can sit and make that one run, and Jose Ortiz, nobody better at Belmont than picking the right time to make a run than Jose Ortiz.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Jovi is going to the front. I don't know how long he's going to last, but he'll be out there for a while. War of Will will be close enough, I would think. I would think the two Pletchers will be in the vicinity, spin off an intrepid heart, and Tacitus will probably be right behind that, and just... Jose has no reason to go until he wants to go. I think these horses, are most of them, are just going to be exhausted by the quarter pole when Tassis is just getting revved up. and you know, There's just nothing not to like about this horse, and Matt might be right. It could easily be six to five. I mean, the only problem I'm having is that so many people like him yeah. because he kind of does jump off the page. But, you know, sometimes that's just the obvious is what it is. Uh, and this horse couldn't be, to me, much more obvious on paper. And to your point, Mike, I, this is not the same horse that was even training for the Derby. He's just gotten better and better and better. And look, Home track, great trainer, mile and a half. As you said, Jose Ortiz, I, I just don't see any downsides to this horse at all. I and, think he win.
1: And I respect War Will, but I'm with you. Uh, I'm going to be against in this race, at least in the top spot. And I, I probably will just end up singling Tassis alone A, all the multi-bets. I, I do want to take a second because you've been around these trainers, uh, Dick. There was a story here in the Boston Herald locally today on Mark Cassie, who told the Ed Gray, the racing writer, he got his start uh, at 17 years old. His first real training was in the fair circuit here in the Boston area. And I want to give Mark Cassie credit here because he is the only horse of this group here, uh, any of any of the three-year-olds and obviously anyone in this race, was going to run in all three Triple Crown races. We have gotten to a point now where these trainers, I feel like, are afraid to run their horses. Uh, They're afraid they're going to hurt their horses down the road. So he may not win on Saturday. I will credit Mark Cassie for doing right by the sport and getting this horse back involved when he could have sat out and waited for the half score somewhere down the road in Saratoga. Good to see at least one horse run in all three of these races.
2: I should not agree more. I'm a huge Mark Cassie fan. He was on the final ballot for the Hall of Fame this year. He didn't make it. I hope he makes it soon because he deserves it. Uh, he got his first classic this year. and yeah. But he had War of Will ready to run great in the Derby, and he did run great. Uh, I mean, he gave a huge effort, and then obviously in the preakness he was better. But I just to me, I, I think this is a tough go. Look, if he wins it, I, all credit, and he's a, he's a favorite for the three-year-old championship. But, yeah, a- excellent that he, point that he's running in all three, and I wish more would do it.
1: Do you have any price horses to give us underneath Tacitus? Because we're going to be on the favorite here, uh, Dick. People are going to want a price or two to use to try to juice up the exotics.
2: Yeah, I'm going to try the two Fletcher's uh at this, I just think Spinoff must have hated the track. That was yeah. such a bad race at Churchill I mean he was done by the 3/8s. Paul he wasn't fast enough to get out there really with the with the leaders. He was just bad and he'd never run a bad race prior to that. So I think he'll run better. I think he'll be sitting second or third early. And Heart is bred for the trip for sure. Another by Tappet. You get Castellano, you get Johnny V, you get Pletcher and Pletcher, and Todd, of course, has figured out how to win the Belmont. It was, he got three in the last 10 years or so in a couple of close seconds, and all of them similar uh, sit out, run derby weekend, sit five weeks, come back, or run in the Peter Pan and come back. So I, I see no reason either of the Pletchers couldn't be there. That's who I'm going to try to use for second to try to beat War of Will. And look, it could be 10-9. It could be the obvious exact. There's
1: no question about that. And 10-9, 9 not going to be a surprise. The two pledges are very interesting, uh, especially if you're willing to draw a line through spin uh, spinoffs race because that race in Louisiana was excellent, and we got run down by By My Standards, and obviously Intrepid Heart, being a little brother to Commissioner who almost, almost, almost won this race a couple of years ago. Those are two legit price horses underneath uh, in the Belmont Stakes, which uh, only drew 10. And so we'll see if these three-year-olds regroup and point towards races later on this summer. feels like that's the case for, uh, like, Omaha Beach and Game Winner. When they come back, this should be a good group pick uh, as we get towards August.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I haven't heard much from Omaha Beach. I know he had the surgery, and he was a little delayed in Kentucky. I'm not 100% sure if he's back in Southern California with Big Mandela, but Yeah, he is a terrific horse, and obviously game winner had some kind of an issue coming out of what was a sensational run of the Derby that got overlooked. I mean, what was he, eight wide first turn, ten wide second turn, and still was trying at the finish. So the two-year-old champ hopefully be back. Yeah, it should be a great second half, and, of course, maximum security is waiting at uh, Monmouth Park. It looks like he's going to run – and the prep for the Haskell, and then it will come back in the Haskell in mid-July.
1: All right, we're going to put you to work here. We gave Bernie an easy race like the Manhattan. We're going to give you a tough race. We'll start, we'll start with the Woody Stevens, which is one of the yep. couple of races where I, I am nowhere, I don't think, at least right now, Thursday morning, recording this, Dick, uh, close to a real pick because this is a uh, – it feels like a wide-open group. If you're not willing to concede the race to Mind Control, who has been really, really good and was terrific in the base row, running down much better, then there are six, seven, eight horses in here. If you told me they won – I would not be surprised. What do you want to do in the Woody Stevens race number eight, uh, which kick off the Belmont Stakes pick four uh, just after 4 o'clock on Saturday?
2: Yeah, I'm with you on mind control. He's as solid as he can get. You just throw out the one, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which he just didn't want to go a mile the 16th. All of his other races are terrific. Uh, He is probably going to get overbat. I'm going to attempt to beat him with the eleven. Wendell Fong uh, comes up with a huge race in a slop last time, the Gold Fever 92. What I liked about it most was the call Paul, who was second, who's won multiple stakes, came back to dominate at Penn National on yep. Saturday in a penbread stake and ran really fast. So he's out of a good race. I like the post. Uh, I like the price. He's listed at 10. He could be more. Uh, if it wasn't just a slop situation, if this is a horse that's just gotten better, then I think Wendell Fong is going to have a chance at a big number in, a, as you said, a wide-open 40-steam.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm still fooling around with it, but I want people to, to keep an eye on Landis Skog. I understand he's he's named after an NHL player. He's a fast horse. He, that second is about as good of the seconds you're going to find. He got run down to The Bachelor by Nitrous, who's back in here today. If he's able to get any sort of breather on the front end, stretching out the seven furlongs, he has California speed. He's the fastest horse in the race. He is 12-1 on the morning line. Uh, I'm going to try to get uh, the number five horse there, Landeskog, into the mix in a race that Chad's got a couple that could win. You mentioned your horse on the outside's got a big shot. If he runs back to that race, Uh, Hog Creek Hustle, uh, is a closer and with a lot of speed. This thing, if you're playing the pick four, Dick, I think you have to use a bunch to get through to the next leg here.
2: Couldn't agree more. Yeah, you're not getting here with a single. I mean, unless you, for some reason you just love the favorite, yeah. and and I don't dislike the favorite at all. It's just a good. It's just such a
1: difficult race. Well, uh, before that, you can play a double. You can start the late uh, Betts Pick Five, the Grade One Acorn. They're going uh, a mile on the dirt. Uh, the two morning line favorites, I, I think they're both beatable in here. Serengeti Empress, who went wire to wire in the Oaks. Uh, and Guarana for Chad Brown, who is two to 2-1 on the morning line, but has had one race under her belt where she freaked in the slop uh, at Keeneland. This one feels like maybe a race you can go against the favorites, Dick, at least in my mind. What do you think about this acorn?
2: Well, Serengeti Empress was my first toss. I don't think she has any chance. Uh, I mean, she got loose in the lead, and that's, yep. that's how she wins. When I'm she's loose, she wins. This is a race with a ton of early speed. This is screaming meltdown. I mean, just screaming. So so I'm throwing out the one for sure. I'm going to try to beat the seven, Garana. I'm looking for a late runner at a number here. And maybe the eight, queen of bees, you go back to – she's got the right running style for this race and has some back numbers that are good enough. If you go back to those January races – and I thought off the off the little bit of a layoff, I thought the Eight Bells was okay. I think this horse is going to run huge at a big price. Uh, listed at twelve, might be more because I, I think it's this is a closer win race.
1: Well, it's funny we're gonna we're gonna box some closers here, Dick, because she's my second choice. I I took the longer price. I I took the six Proud Emma, who I think yep. fits the exact same sort of thing. Uh, yep. She was way wide in that uh, Churchill down race, the same race the Queen of Bees came out of. She was six wide in the lane. That was yep. a better result than it looked. Flavian Pratt on uh, for Peter Miller. Uh, they click at about 25%. I'm completely with you. I'm going for a meltdown. Maybe Goran is a freak. I'll, I'll use her somewhere. But Proud M is 20 to 1. Queen of Bees, 12 to 1. Let's get some closers home uh, in this race at a big price. We're both on some prices here in this one. The race five will be the Ogden Phipps, a mile and a 16th, where, again, this a lot like the, the Belmont Stakes to me. It's a two horse race the one come dancing, the two midnight Bisou. Uh, standouts on paper going a mile on the 16th in race five?
2: Yeah, I'm going to try the one come dancing on the theory that she looks like she's low in speed. I, I, the rest of these horses are, and there's certainly some good ones, uh, Midnight Bisou. I mean, what would our record be if she hadn't run against Monomoy Girl all last year? I mean, she was tremendous, uh, even, at, even in the races where she got beat. So, yeah, I, I'd like come dancing a little bit more, uh, six to five even money. You're not getting any price on either one of them. Uh, escape clause. I'm not quite sure where that race came from in the Apple Blossom, but that was kind of the race of her life. Yeah, she was in there. Uh, when she ran second to Midnight Bisou. but yeah, it, when you have a race that's this close, I'll take the stylistic uh, advantage, and that clearly goes to the one. I, I think she's going right to the front.
1: Yeah, my hope and pray in this. People look at this and don't know Carlos Martin. They don't know Come Dancing. She is a really, really good horse, and maybe the, the they, they see Aspison, they see Midnight Bisou, and Mike Smith, and they overbet the two horse. I'm with you completely. I love, love come dancing in this race and a, a, a coming out party of sorts for her after winning uh, the grade three distat, the grade two Ruffy, and cap it off with a grade one will uh, Be a great one for Carlos Martin. Finally, yep. uh, we're going to give you, I think the hardest, the hardest, <laughs> the hardest race in these two days is going to be this rate, <laughs> this race 10, Dick you're laughing, but they included it as part of the two day pick six, the 20 cent minimum, yep. which is I, I think an excellent, uh, excellent wager this weekend. They're going two miles on the turf, and it's horses from Europe I've never seen before. It's Arclo stretching out the two miles. It's Highland Sky, who's six years old now. I have no idea what I'm going to go. so I said, you know what? Let's let Dick Girardi give us the winner in a two-mile turf race, Race 10 on Friday.
2: So I'm looking at this thing, and of course my head is about to explode for obvious reasons. How do I know who's going to win at two miles? I don't. And I actually found two horses in this race that have won at two miles on the turf, <laughs> the four Red Knight, uh, who won recently at Gulf Street, or not recently, back on the 29th of sure. December for yep. Mr. Mott. And then the eighth, the, uh, the, the British bred, who won in Germany, Ray Atoll, uh, at two miles back on the, uh, only the 12th of May, like a month ago. So I, I have two horses that have won at the distance. I'm going to end up going with the four uh, Red Knight on the Mott, theory and Jose Ortiz that they're going to have a big day and get geared up for the Belmont Stakes uh, where they're going to win with Pacita. So I'm going with Red Knight.
1: Uh, I'm with you on Red Knight. I, I haven't spent a lot of time on this work yet, but I saw a horse that's won at the distance. I see Jose Ortiz and Bill Mott and the Europeans I know nothing about. So I'm going to use Red Knight with those Europeans and try to get through in this race. Uh, Dick, we'll get you out on this. Uh, it's it's a weird time for racing, as you and I have talked about doing this triple crown run Santa Anita has been an absolute mess. Different jurisdictions want different rules. Naira's talking about uh, you know, trying to do some different things with turf ratings. and It just it feels like more than ever, uh, the sport needs some sort of major, over, not oversight, but governing body uh, that, that creates like a, sort of like a national racing league. We've talked about this for years. Are we anywhere closer to that and sort of a uniform approach to the sport than we were, say, five, ten years ago? I think we're closer in
2: some respects. I, I think um, the drug situation has gotten better and that there's uh, rules. Certainly the Mid-Atlantic has rules. They're all together in different places. but. Overall, to answer your question, Mike, we're not close. And we need to be, uh, this sport is desperately in need of Adam Silver or somebody that's just in charge of it. So when things happen, like what happened at Santa, everybody's speaking with one voice. Uh, Well, nobody liked what happened. It was extremely unfortunate. It's obviously gotten some uh, uh, very bad publicity for the game. But. It's it's so difficult when there's different states and different people running different organizations and nobody's on the same page. Even though I think they all mean well, I think they want to do the right thing. But yeah, we are in desperate need in this game of, of whatever it is, whatever the version of the NBA or the NFL is for horse racing. We need it. We need somebody in charge.
1: It'll be discussion heading into the summer. The discussion this week will be the racing and the excellent racing card. Uh, Saturday, but also Friday, and even earlier today on Thursday, we're taping this, uh, the Belmont Racing Festival. Dick, we're going to have people go to ExpressBet, print out your picks, get the uh, picks from uh, Bob Neumeier, uh, and a lot more experts to get them through what is a fun racing card. We appreciate the time, as always. We'll bother in a couple of months for Breeders' Cup, and uh, enjoy the summer there, my friend.
2: You got it. Thanks so
1: much, Mike. There you have it, two standouts in the Belmont Stakes, the feature race on Saturday. Uh, Dick Girardi and myself are on the 10. Tacitus, Matt Burnier going back to War Will, the number nine horse. Uh, but the horse that I want to get involved, Belmont Stakes, race 11. The price horse I want to get in is Sir Winston. Folks, he's going to get ignored at the windows. He's 12-1 to 1 on the morning line. He'll be higher than that come race time, we hope, hope post time for this race. Uh, he doesn't have the class. Other horses do. But he's got the running style. I mentioned this with Jess Paquette. Sometimes horses are ridden to not win the race, but to make – Get a spot in the money, land in the second or third slot because it still pays a lot on Belmont Day. Trust me, Mark Cassie knows that's the case with Sir Winston. He's the number seven horse in the Belmont Stakes. He closed like a freight train in the Peter Pan. He closed like a freight train at Tampa Bay. I'm going to draw a line through that bluegrass Stakes two back. He's got a crazy late pace number. He's got the ability to stay close, and he's got Joel Rosario, who is the difference maker. Joel does a great job. Uh, on horses coming from the back of the pack, making one run. And Sir Winston, in fact, is that horse on Saturday. So for me, Tacitus, the 10, I'm going to take on top. He's the favorite. I get it. I'm the chalk, but he stands out. Sir Winston, the 7, the 9, War of Will, and the number 3 horse, Bourbon War. So it'll be Tacitus, Sir Winston, War of Will, Bourbon War, my top four in the Belmont Stakes. My goal will be to be alive to a big ticket for Tacitus, smaller tickets Sir Winston and uh, War of Will when it comes to the uh, multi-race bets, including that 20-cent pick six. would look like a great, great, great race. I love come dancing earlier in the card. I'm going to take a shot with Undrafted, getting into the exact up. Do share on Friday. There are tremendous races to bed. You've got to be involved if you're a horse player here this weekend with Belmont. We thank you for tuning in. We'll be back. I'm not sure when. I don't know when the podcast will be back. You can subscribe on iTunes check it out. I want to thank Matt Bernier, Daily Racing Form and Formulator, Dick Girardi from ExpressBet. Uh, I'll be on Instagram and Twitter all weekend, all day Saturday from Mohegan Sun, giving you winners, losers, all of it. Jerry loves when I lose. He's rooting for me to lose. Jerry Cowley, favorite thing in the world is when I lose money. I'm not going to lose this weekend. I can feel it in my plums. It's a winning weekend. We got big winners. We got multi-race bets. We got Belmont Stakes 2019. Hopefully put you on some good ideas. Good luck Saturday at the Belmont Stakes. Friday, the entire racing festival. Remember, bet with your head, not over it. We'll talk to you very, very soon here on M&M Investments.